Welcome, Astrovisors. Thank you so much for tuning in. Our second episode breakdown of cults and extreme beliefs. We're going to be talking about Jehovah Witnesses and all of their um, scare tactics, uh, Armageddon, their magazines, their door-to-door tactics, and so much more. Stay tuned. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, AfterBuzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Welcome back, guys. We're here breaking down another episode. Um, I'm here, your host, Juliette Viver. Thank you so much for tuning in. And here with my lovely panel, I have Mina. How are you doing, Mina? Doing good. That was a very heavy episode. I thought I knew about the Jehovah's Witnesses. I never knew about this particular uh, epidemic that was going on for years and years. Wow. Well, I can't wait to get into it. How are you doing, Taylor? I'm doing good. I agree with Mina, though. It was pretty dark, and it exposed a lot of stuff that I really had no idea about. I mean, I, they said in the show even, like, usually people just know that there are people that go door-to-door, and they're very friendly, but there's this whole, like, dark, you know, underbelly and, like, Uh, you know stuff that goes on that we had no idea about right it's just we got to learn so much and really dig in and i thought personally the most interesting for me was just also the the way that they're what where's the line between cult and religion and i think this episode really opened up that conversation and gave us a lot of uh tidbits um on today's episode we're going to be breaking down just the just a general background of how Jehovah Witnesses got started, what are their practices, uh, the Watchtower magazine, Awake magazine, their different scare tactics, Armageddon, uh, and then we also have some really cool segments towards the end of the episode, so make sure to stay in to check that out. We're going to talk about some news and um, just really digging into this whole Jehovah Witness world. So first, um, let's just talk about, were, did you guys have any notion of this background in terms of Jehovah Witnesses. What did you know prior to this episode? Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, it's kind of just what I, like, said earlier about I know they went door-to-door and they had, like, you know, pamphlets and things that they handed out, but that's really, like, kind of the extent of it. I had really no idea. You know, they got into some of the more extreme beliefs that they did have, and I had no idea that those were, like, things, which I find really interesting, all of the, like, technicalities and rules that they have. I thought that was really interesting to find that out as well. Yeah, did you, Mina, have you ever had a a pamphlet given to you or anyone knock on your door? Um, The lady who used to take care of my grandmother was actually a Jehovah's Witness, and she was the sweetest person I've ever met. She was honestly such a good person, so sweet. And the only thing I really knew about being a Jehovah's Witness was that you don't celebrate your birthday. Because I remember once, like, saying happy birthday to her, and she's like, oh, no, no, we don't do that. And thinking it was really strange, like, oh, why, like, that's so weird that they don't celebrate birthdays. But I guess if I wasn't born into this whole culture of celebrating birthdays, I would be like, why would anyone celebrate the year that they were born every Very single true. year? Um, so there were, like, a few things, like, they can't donate blood, um... Uh, there were like a few things I knew about Jehovah's Witnesses prior to this. I just never knew the tenets, the tenets of their religion. And there are so many rules where it doesn't even sound like a religion. It sounds like a cult. Very true. And that's kind of what our cult expert got more into. She was just saying that these tactics, when they're telling people you cannot celebrate Valentine's Day, you cannot celebrate all these celebrations that are kind of general to the public, or a lot of people at least, it's a way to just kind of uh, 
make yourself be out, right? And just yeah. be an outsider. And just the people who celebrate these things uh, are Satanists, as, as she put it. And you are, we're much better when we're on the outside and you're having this disconnect. Especially as a kid. Just like, you know, if you don't go to a special school with just Jehovah's Witnesses kids, which I don't know if there even are those schools. I'm sure that there's, you know, a few here and there. But I think for the most part, they did go to just, you know, regular public schools or, you know, charter schools or whatever and if you're having like a fourth grade valentine's day party with all like the cookies and punch and stuff like having to leave the room that is just gonna make you so isolated from all of like your friends in there and i just think that would be such a such a bad feeling that is something romy um the the woman we follow in this episode today was talking about Mm -hmm. she was it makes you look like an oddball you never can fit in you're always out and you can't really celebrate with your other peers yeah so yeah that is kind of saddening i this was so strange as we're watching this episode and they explaining the same thing i had no idea of it and i just had this flashback of me at four maybe five years old i i kid you not um where one of my good friends whenever we had birthday parties she would leave and she would never really tell me why and i was always like but why are you leaving this is so this was so exciting you get to eat cake like why would you leave <laughs> yeah um and she was always saying she wasn't allowed and I never knew why, and I guess I forgot it and put it in the back of my mind, and, and now I'm convinced this is why. Wow. So, yeah, they, they're amongst us, and we're amongst them. <laughs> right. They're just living their lives, but there's some certain things that they just can't mm-hmm. do. It's sort of, I kind of, like, it's sort of similar to being Amish, I feel like, in certain ways. <laughs> like, well, you know, you can't yeah, like, do yeah. certain things. Yeah, but that's, like, super isolated. That's like, Sure, but that's there's like, elements to it that reminded me of each other. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because um, they, they don't get to, like, reap the benefits of having, like, fun, do, like, doing things that utilize worldly pleasures. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. definitely, like, a huge theme. Yes, and um, I thought it was interesting, their, their way of pulling people in is just going door to door so it's just a kind of one-on-one in a way uh, tactic um, which I thought was very interesting and also very scary as Romeo was explaining that sometimes they get chased off of people's lawns with guns it's happened to her multiple times because people don't People are afraid of intruders in a way, even if they're really nice. Um, I thought that this was a crazy position, if this is something that happens regularly, to put your kids in. But yet, it didn't really stop the parents. What were your thoughts overall on that? Yeah, it was, it's a very like old-fashioned way to recruit, you know? Like, there's a lot of... We were talking even on the um, show on Tuesday about how people are, like, having television networks and billboards and stuff, and, like, going door-to-door is, like you said, so personal and so old-fashioned, and that's got to be scary as a kid. Like, I never... I know we'd try to, like, sell Girl Scout cookies and stuff when I was in school, and I hated it because it's scary to just, like, talk to strangers, and you're, like, coming, kind of going into their space, so it's, like, very sort of intimidating. Like, you don't have the upper hand in the situation yeah I remember like being creeped out by that as a kid because I remember going door to door once like by myself Uh, I don't remember if I told my my mom or anyone but um I was like trying to sell things for school um and I remember like anytime I rang the doorbell I would like kind of wait like a little farther back just in case I would get a bad vibe from the person there and like I was I always like had this like understanding that child molesters existed like I was always taught like Mm -hmm. be really careful and hyper vigilant so it's scary to have to to have to even think about that the the good news is that there is a website that you can go on to 
Um, I can't remember the name of it, but it literally tells you all the registered sex offenders yeah. in the neighborhood, like their names, their faces, like what their address is, everything. Uh, the problem is with with this show, a lot of these people were never even registered sex offenders because yeah. the Jehovah's Witness organization kept everything under wraps. They didn't right. want to tarnish the reputation. And now look how tarnished the reputation Exactly. Is. Before we get uh, more into that, I want to discuss a little bit more about Rami's um, background mm-hmm. because she's really is the voice of tonight's episode. And she's a fourth-generation uh, Jehovah's Witness. So she's been really, really born into this. And one of the tactics, they, one of the rules they talk about is that if you decide to leave this organization, you are shunned. Yeah. You can know, you... People talk to... If they run into you, including your family, your mother, will turn another eye, cut all ties. It's almost like you're dead. We've talked a little bit. We heard a little bit about this. Scientology has the same practices. Mm-hmm. Um, have Were you surprised by this being such a strict policy? Or is it kind of, uh, were you expecting it? I think that's sort of when you talk about the line between religion and cults. I feel like if when someone leaves it, it's like it's not a religion anymore. If you do that when someone leaves it. Because it's not like free will then. You know what I mean? I mean, I guess in a way it's still free will. But when you have that much of a threat with someone that important to you, you can't talk to them anymore. You just treat them like they're dead. That's, again, completely isolating the person. And that's when it gets a little bit cold, like I feel like. Yeah, and I feel like it's really indicative of your characters, like how you treat someone after they're no longer a part of whatever the dynamic is. Like if you're truly an organization based on, um, you know, God, love, worship, whatever, and this is something that literally descended from Christianity, it's a sect of Christianity that was developed in the 1800s from a Bible study group nonetheless, you know, you would think that you would treat someone with the same respect because it's not a business transaction where if you lose someone you're just gonna it's gonna be like Scientology where oh you can't you can't talk to the non-believers I mean you were talking to non-believers in in your schools like in the world all the time so what's the difference the only Mm -hmm. difference is you were a part of it now you're no longer a part of it it's a way to control people uh and just again going back to this base this fear-based religion or cult or whatever you want to classify it as and it's a way to control people because we talked about collateral last episode Mm -hmm. right this is their collateral yeah um you don't want to lose your friends your family your whole world Mm -hmm. why would you leave and then also i think this you were just making the point that they were talking to non-believers um with while still being in the church what happens is that because you're in the inn i think people there's a big worry in terms of the community they're like wait if we let this person go they know all our secrets and they're gonna just be sharing way too much and they're gonna be spreading rumors or probably truths but in their eyes just right. you know um and it's just that's it's it's insane. That's the only word I can say. It's, yeah. yeah, it's horrible because literally the only reason they do that, it's a cancellation fee that allows you to retain membership. Like, what what church has a cancellation fee if you no longer show up to church? This isn't a sorority where if you don't show up to a meeting, you get, like, a fee. This, this is such like, a good analogy. You know, it's not, that's not what it is. Like, you can't do this. Like, that's what a business is. And that's the difference between a business and like a religion like no religion can actually do something like that what i um 
I feel like they didn't stress how much uh, money was required to be part of it, this uh, Jehovah's Witness. In the last episode, that was a big thing. And even with Scientology, it just they, these uh, cults take a lot of money. I didn't really see this here. They didn't really mention it much, which I thought was very surprising because usually, yeah, money is a big, big topic of discussion. Yeah. I think that's what makes it more religion-ish mm-hmm. than a typical cult because I don't think that it's like Scientology where you have to pay to get to the next level level and right to become like fully enlightened but, but you do have she was meant um romy was mentioning that she's been to co- conventions and they tell them to have to go to conventions but there's no price there so mm-hmm. i'm sure you have to pay and you have to pay to get there and there's money that's involved true. there's like some travel fees and right like but that. at least it that's the one thing that made me happy is that at least people's lives weren't seemed at least not to be destroyed with the, this financial burden so that's the thing like i think there's definitely corruption here but i don't Like, I wouldn't say that it's, like, an inherently totally bad thing, if you know what I mean. Like, there's aspects of this that probably do improve people's lives. But just, like, there's this corruption that almost cancels it out because their leadership is just so, you know, intent on, like, covering things up that it doesn't, it can't make up for it. Well, let's talk a little bit more about their leadership. Also, another thing that makes them, separates them from a lot of cults is that they don't have one general leader. They used to, and then that leader put in place this sort of committee, mm-hmm. kind of like a committee of ju- judges, which they call the the elderlies, um, who just work every uh, so often get together, and they write the rules in these little magazines that they call. They call it the Awake Magazine and the Watchtower uh, Magazine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and these pamphlets are distributed when people go door to door. They're meant to be studied. And it's just... That's also something for me that separates it from most religions that I am aware of is that most religions have uh, the Quran or the Bible, and they although this religion really focuses on the Bible, but there's no new text in a way. These are the texts that have been the same for centuries, and we everyone has their own interpretation. But the fact that there's like a newsletter that you have to go through, with, I thought was very innovating in a way, if I dare say. Yeah, and I looked on their website because I was curious about i wanted to see you know what these magazines look like and they don't look like that insane honestly they look kind of like regular sort of like highlights if you ever like read that as a kid like they're sort of like cartoony like the design is pretty nice like even the information of it like it focuses really heavily on like comparing bible verses and like putting those in your everyday life but it's not like it's not like super crazy looking honestly well, because they showed some covers, and some did seem a little scary to me because they were talking about Armageddon, which right. is a big fear tactic that they would use, saying that the world's going to come to an end. If you're not a good practitioner of this religion, you're going to not only die, you're going to be eaten by birds. Like, it's very graphic. Here's the thing, though. You know, oftentimes, you know, throughout this entire episode... I found myself saying, this is ridiculous. Like, this is so ludicrous. How can someone believe in a day that comes where birds are going to eat your carcass? And then I thought to myself, that's so judgmental for me to assume that because a lot of the Semitic religions have something called the Day of Judgment, Mm -hmm. where it's basically the apocalypse, and that's the day that you're going to be judged by God and atone for your sins. So what's the difference between that and this which, in a way, you know, they've taken a little bit of creative license and they've add, added, like, the elements of, like, this Alfred Hitchcock pi- picturesque, like, bird scene yeah. uh, of a bird devouring you to bits. I mean, that's the only reason that we think it's ridiculous, but if you compare it to other religions, there's not really much difference between 
this and other religions. I mean, Catholicism, same thing. Is even when you die, you're gonna get, you're gonna come to the um, what do you call it? The, judgment the, day. The, yeah. the judgment day, and you're gonna either rot in hell or you're not. And that seems very painful. And same thing. There was a fear tactic that people would. Uh, put in place so you would be a good uh, practitioner of your religion and it's just it's that's why from it really this one was tricky because it's it is a cult yes but it's very religious based and mm-hmm. where does the, we keep talking about this where is the line yeah um, but I think the line goes <laughs> from very important line we need to mark is when you start hiding these terrible terrible crimes these poor children, so mm-hmm. many children, are affected by child abuse. Which, again, I have to disclose, this is not the only religion this happens to me, right. unfortunately. Yeah. And it was kind of funny, if I may dare say, how these magazines that they put out, or these newsletters that they put out so often, are kind of what made everything erupt, right? Yeah, that was interesting, the way that it sparked off like that, because Barbara, the person that was like the head writer for it, um, basically wrote an article about how to like help someone if they've been through this situation, kind of condemning, I'm assuming, the Catholic Church because there was a big scandal on that a couple years right, ago. Right, exactly when that was happening, the Catholic Church scandal, that's when they put that out. And it was also, as they were saying, a way to be like, oh, look at us, we're so great, we're helping you we if this happens. Never. We would never. It's covering their butts, but... And then thousands of letters started pouring in saying that that is in fact exactly what happened in this religion, which like crazy that they disclosed it through that too i thought it was interesting that they wrote to her mm-hmm. yeah and then she just took matters into her own hands and all these stories came in and i thought she was very smart because she because she had a high status mm-hmm. um she was able to access everybody's files and that's when all the information and all the secrets came out and she decided to be they called her the biggest uh, whistleblower yeah and good for her. And she was of a certain age. And I was like, I love seeing people sit up for what's right. I kept thinking about the legality of everything. Like, you know, you're privy to all of this, you know, really secretive information. It's like, it's very private and it's very personal. And I mean, you're not supposed to like take the liberty of looking through everything. But I thought it was so interesting that she was able to take it upon herself to solve like this epidemic that was going on and to be that whistleblower mm-hmm. because I feel like you could get into a lot of trouble for doing something like that if you're, you know, overstepping your, your boundaries or um, snooping into something that, that is not your territory at all. It almost feels like illegally obtained evidence in a mm-hmm. way, but obviously she used that for good. I, I was just, like, kind of shocked at how she could do that and, like, not have any not have any action taken against her yeah. for that. Well, the fact that she was in it for 43 years, too, and then, like, almost as soon as she found out, or, like, so she claims, I guess, she could always be lying and knew about it earlier, but I'm going to assume not, considering she's such a big ally now. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a big thing to just kind of, you know, turn the tables completely after 43 years of being ingrained into this and, like, 11 of basically dedicating her life to this as a writer for it. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really impressive that she... You know, that weighed out over all of her, maybe what her emotions would have been on it. And she was just like, you know what? This is wrong and I'm going to do something about it. Yeah, Barbara had that, she had that, Barbara Anderson had that click, right? That we uh, have been mentioning. Just mm-hmm. that when you just, it hits you all and you're like, wow, this was, this is not all what I thought it was. And it just 
takes a completely different turn. One of the reasons why so many of these scandals uh, happened, um, similar, and Romy kind of explained this through her journey, is that once you are, if a crime happens within the institution, you have to have two witnesses come with you to go see the leaders uh, in order to to prove your case. Yeah. Which is so absurd because, as I mentioned um, in this episode, is who, when do you, when are crimes committed and there's two people, two witnesses? Exactly. Especially if it's something as deliberate as like sexual assault. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no way there's ever going to be two people around there. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. And that it stemmed from a biblical verse that was completely taken out of context, too. And I think that's the, that's, you know, the setback when it comes to interpreting old texts. I mean, there's so many ways to interpret it. It's kind of similar to, like, interpreting the Constitution. Are you going to have a broad interpretation, a strict interpretation? And I think that's what causes a lot of clashes between people, is even if you have the same text to to base laws off of or to base beliefs off of, you have a different way of interpreting it that could definitely create divides between the same document or text or you know, and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This this was um, this was a hard one, honestly. Just even watching Romy just walk around and talk about her experience and how this came. This went on for nine years. Can you imagine for nine years? This is your reality. Mm-hmm. And and every time she tries to tell someone, they like get mad at her. They That's call her what kills me. Yeah, they call her a liar. They like. I don't know, just the fact that they, like, slam their fists on the table, that's such an aggressive, like, condescending move. I just thought that was awful to hear that. And it's it was so heartbreaking because she finds out that her cousin has been going through the same thing as her with the same person, and she... Some has somewhat some excitement because she's like, okay, I have my I have my one witness. I might not have two, but I have one. Okay, yeah. this is this is great. This we'll figure this out. And they're just shut down, not even listened to. But again, um, same thing with the Catholic Church. Like, uh, even personally, a lot of family members, same thing happened. Your you know parents don't believe them. Like, maybe not such an aggressive matter, but they'd be like, oh, don't don't say that. No, Why yeah. are you spreading rumors that that because it seems so absurd to them? Yeah. Anytime, I mean, I feel like anytime there's a big religious organization, there's going to be you know a few bad people. Unfortunately, I just feel like it's sort of has been in this case a culture that's spread a little bit and. Um, since they have these laws that they can justify all of it, it's gotten just so out of control and the few bad people have kind of made it a law in a way and it's just, it's so hard to reverse at this point. It is because one of the other things that they put in place is their solicitation, right? They're trying to get more members. That's how an organization gets bigger and more powerful. It's the more members you have, the stronger you are. Mm -hmm. And they do so by going to prisons Mm -hmm. and recruiting inmates who are predominantly uh, child molesters. Yeah. yeah. Why do you why do you think that is, Bina? You know, I I was trying to understand that. I was like out of all people, why would you go for a convicted sex offender? You can go for anybody else. But it's really hard for me to believe that a sex offender is going to change their behavior in the future because it is a psychological disposition that makes you attracted to someone and they're unable to help that they are attracted to children. And this is something where it's like, how do we treat this? This A lot of them, this is how they were born. Like, mm-hmm. they're attracted to children. Like, what do we do about that if that is their sexual preference? Obviously, 
it doesn't fit into our society whatsoever and obviously they cannot be rehabilitated there's no way to rehabilitate something like that so what can we do the only thing that we can do is keep them away from children and to protect our children that's the only thing we can do and that's why it's impossible to employ a registered sex offender into any sort of position where they're in our education system where they're in a position of taking care for a child as a caretaker and it's just ludicrous to me that you would allow them I mean fine allow them to come into the church and be a Jehovah's Witness that's one thing but it's another thing to not have that public knowledge for the church members to know very true exactly because in a way is it kind of a narcissistic view that we almighty powerful church we're gonna no one wants to touch you because you've done these awful things but we do we want to help you we'll fix you that's I true. feel like that could be an approach and but, sorry yeah. I don't know if they're actually targeting like child molesters I just think that maybe it's like an like sort of an open secret at this point like oh like you know they will condone this so you can kind of get away with it even if it's not their intention Mm -hmm. like because they're not disclosing this information because they're not taking precautions to stop it it's just like getting so out of control because like they said like these kinds of people are like the only people willing to like go to their bible studies because they probably know it's probably this you know like i said open secret Mm -hmm. yeah you know i i kept trying to think like they kept saying this is an epidemic this is an epidemic and they were saying that there are 1,000 abusers mm-hmm. in this church, in this, well, it's not called a church, it's called something different, um, but in this Jehovah's Witness organization. And I thought, wow, 1,000, that's a lot. But then they said that the total members are 8.3 million members worldwide. So I'm not trying to justify everything, but I'm saying 1,000 in comparison to 8.3 million members is not necessarily a large number when you compare it to the overall pie if you were to compare it to a different context of number of sexual offenders in any other in in the catholic church or anywhere else i don't think it's going to be that different of of a statistic the problem is it's not like there's only 1,000 sexual assault cases because each abuser is committing the same crime not only necessarily one time um but in the case of of the the lady that we saw in this week's episode like for nine years from the age of four until the age of 13 that's nine years of doing that on a consistent basis not just to her but to her cousin as well probably other people that we don't you know that's that's a lot of sexual molestation a lot of sexual assault and i really love what barbara said she said you know what like you have to hold these people accountable for this because if no one goes to jail it's going to be like common knowledge that it's okay to repeat this behavior because your sins will forever be forgiven as long as you repent and have good works but good works are not going to erase the bad deed that you keep on repeating after you cleanse yourself exactly and i just um one moment that i really enjoyed this episode that i want to talk about a bit more is just when romy and barbara uh, got to meet this was something that was so precious to romy and i and i, I kind of understood why uh, but as we get th- further into the episode, it just felt like she was seen for the first time. She was being seen, and she even said it. She was like, I'm not crazy. The fact that you believe me for so long. I went to so many people in so many different states. No one believed me, and you believe me. Yeah. I thought that was the most beautiful part of the whole show. And I don't want to like jump the gun or anything, but when we see her trying to deliver her letter, and no one will listen to her still, like when she's trying to break away from the church, and she just 
wants to, you know, say what happened to her for someone to, like, hear her, like, bear witness to her. And the fact that no one will do that for her even then, even, you know, she wants to leave is just crazy. I know. It is really crazy. And, guys, we really want to keep this conversation going. So please make sure to go to our iTunes and leave a comment there and just tell us your thoughts about this overall episode, You any knowledge that you might have that we um, would love to discuss some more. more uh, just go on to iTunes in the comment section below while you're there. Please leave us a few stars. Five stars, to be exact, because <laughs> the other ones don't work. <laughs> we also um, continue the conversation on YouTube, so if you'd rather uh, see us there, go do that as well. Give some thumbs up. And yeah, leave a comment. We really, really want to hear from you guys. As you're mentioning, Taylor, there's this big moment with the letter. So she, uh, Romy has left the church, but she technically hasn't officially left the church. Uh, One of the reasons being is because you're supposed to write a letter to scan to the um, to the administration for them to get get, uh, rid of you in their records and officially say that you're not part of it. It's like, it, it is like a gym membership, as you were kind of making the analogy earlier, Mina, mm-hmm. that you, you got to officially do it. It's yeah. not just walking away. For a long time, she wanted to stay because of her mother, because she felt a lot of guilt. She didn't want to leave, and her mom, she didn't. She knew that, that, as we mentioned, if you leave, you're losing family members. Yet, it's become, it's time for her to deliver this letter. Why do you think now is the right time for her to do so? Well, her mother just passed away, correct? Yeah. I'm sure that's a big part of it because she's, that's not, like, holding her there anymore. Like, she, you know, can't talk to her no matter what. And, I mean, I guess doing this documentary kind of, it's taught, you know what I mean? Like, I'm sure that that kind of sparked her into action. Yeah, do you think it's producers that kind of pushed her to do so? Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe just, like, through the interviews with Barbara, maybe she wasn't planning on it until, like, she started talking about it. Like, you said it was such an important moment when she and Barbara met. And so maybe that was, like, oh, I can finally breathe again. I can finally start letting go of this piece of my life. Right. I think, as you're mentioning, you're going through these uh, inter- interview processes. You have to tell everybody your story, answer these questions. You're, it's really in your mind, and I think it's helping you. She's working through stuff, yeah. as you're mentioning. So. I think, yeah, that that's probably why. Were you surprised that no one uh, wanted to talk to her, Mina? You know, I was a little surprised. I was like, is this something that is going on for editing purposes? Is this really happening right now? Um, when she was getting frustrated at the security guard for shutting her down, I kept thinking, but is he even a Jehovah's Witness or is that just his job? Like, you know, he's I not was the, wondering that too. He's not the person you should be talking to, like... But I mean, I thought the same thing. On. I thought the same thing, but I doubt that they would, an organization like this would just hire some random. Yeah. They must hire within. You think so? Well, that's kind of dangerous for them to hire someone that's not even, you know what I mean? Because there is, I mean, the stigma surrounding it now. I right. feel like that would be risky. But I, I, kept feel, I kept feeling like, you know, this is like misplaced aggression in a way because it's like, he's not the person you need to be talking to. He's just the middleman. So you're going after the wrong person right now because no one else is there to talk to, which I totally understand. It was very frustrating to watch, but it's like he doesn't really know what's going on or understand the situation. So it's I like just like a humanity thing, though. You know what I mean? I, like if someone yeah. wants to tell you about this, like you should listen to them. Like if someone comes to you with that kind of information, with that kind of emotion, like yeah. but even but if you don't his eyes, know or he's care, like, who's this crazy lady? Yeah. opening up to me about There's child abuse and yeah. like what's going on. This feels like something that's a total setup right now, or like some weird, uh, some 
some weird experiment or project, I think it would be very hard for some someone like to understand what was going on. Exactly. And again, you're seeing this van pull up. You're seeing a bunch of people in the car. Mm-hmm. She's followed by a cameraman, and you can clearly see it in the window. Do you guys see the reflection? Mm-hmm. It's a big camera. It's not like a small iPhone that he's trying to hide. Like this is fully, you know, they're exposing the tr- the church, and so. I think that made him unease, and as you're saying, it wasn't really his fight in a way, which is saddening because, as you're saying, Taylor, you it should know, be everyone's. It fight. should be everyone's fight. As humans, we should be able to connect and just be there for one another. Um, any overall thoughts you guys want to talk about before we um, wrap up our discussion? I just want to say that I love that it's called a kingdom hall and not a church because it makes it sound like a magical. Very yeah, yeah. land. Like, who wouldn't want to sign up for that? Right? Like, Very welcome true. to the Kingdom Hall. The Kingdom Hall. Yeah, all this lingo. Every, <laughs> they all have some kind of lingo. Yeah. You're well, going to disassociate. You're not going to cancel your membership. We're just disassociating. Dis- exactly. Like, everything's so technical. Um, well, that kind of wraps up our breakdown of today's second episode. Um, let's head into our news and gossip segment. Taylor, what do you got for us? All right, I got quite a bit of news for you guys because there was a lot of stuff in the news today when I uh, went on good old Google. Good, love it. So in Canada, a man by the name of Randy Wall, who had been a member since 1980, was expelled from the Jehovah's Witnesses because of drunkenness and verbal abuse towards his wife. He decided to take it to the courts to be like, hey, I should be allowed to stay in here. And the courts ruled against him saying that Jehovah's Witnesses should determine their own membership rules and have the right to shun basically whoever they want. So he is expelled from the church and he can't go back because Canada did not rule in his favor. Um, There was also a primary school in the Netherlands who... We're going to have a gay storyline at an end of the school year musical, but they ended up taking it out um, so that a Jehovah's Witness child could participate in it because um, I, I think that I read somewhere that they don't like formally have like an opinion towards like the LGBT community, but it's like kind of implied that they definitely would not be okay participating in something like that. And some of the parents didn't agree um, with like making the accommodations for the one child but some people understood so that was kind of an interesting debate going on there um and also i know i personally was like wanting more information about this particular organization because i always do i'm always just like want to dig right in and leah remini our good old scientology producer is going to be producing an entire series for annie about this organization as well coming up so we will get more information wow. there. Yeah. So her show is not going to be about Scientology. I think that she I think that she might that. have both going on simultaneously, or like when it's the off season for the Scientology one, yeah. she'll do this one. The Scientology one, I believe, was called Going Clear, and it's an amazing docu series. Well, there was there's there were two different ones. Oh, there the were. The remedies is Scientology in the aftermath, and okay. Going Clear was I think maybe HBO or something like that. Oh, was it? Yeah, okay. there's two different ones. Um, but I think that they're going to be having yeah both just depending on the season. I think yeah. that was announced like a week ago. She's really making this her life mission just to go after all these uh, organizations and just fight for justice which is really neat to see. Just yeah. uh, an actress in the spotlight just using her voice I agree. in this matter. And speaking of famous people should we go into our special segment? Let's go into our special segment. Let's do it. It's a good segue right there. Good job Taylor. Um, so our special segment we've decided to kind of draw in um, famous members of these cults and f- famous celebrities that might have these extreme beliefs because we kind of talked about um, last time about the Dynasty star 
Um, and also, you know, Allison Mack, of course. Yeah. And how important, you know, all any type of organization, religion, cult, uh, again, it's all about power and numbers and marketing, right? Yep. And there's this star quality, and we see this with Scientology, when they're really pushing this because people look up to, to people who are in the spotlight, and they're like, oh, what they're doing, it, it's a stamp of approval. So true. So yeah, there was actually a lot of people I found, which I was really surprised by, because I was like, oh, there's not going to be anyone, and there's a ton of people. So Prince joined in 2001, shortly after his mother died. Um, the entire Jackson family, Michael, Janet, you know, the Jackson, Jackson Five, um, was raised as Jehovah's Witnesses. I don't believe um, they're practicing anymore, but they were raised that way. Uh, Venus and Serena Williams are both still practicing as Jehovah's Witnesses. Um, Dwight D. Eisenhower was raised as a Jehovah's Witness, but left as an adult. And Donald Glover, Childish Gambino, was also raised as a Jehovah's Witness, but he now identifies as an atheist. So yeah, there's a lot of, there's a big spectrum. There's like political figures, athletes. There is. I know Tiffany Haddish also uh, was raised. Her mother, uh, I I believe her mother uh, until recently was still practicing. She is no longer, but she was raised in that. uh, Charlamagne the God, same thing. Uh, His background, his family um, raised him with it. And I think he's kind of separated now. So the list goes on and on. I honestly think also people don't talk about it much because as much as religions want them to talk about it because putting it in the spotlight because they're in the spotlight i think people are more sensitive because now things like things this is coming out and they don't really want to tarnish their brand in any way it's always a tricky subject i feel like just like politics and religion are like the two big um do we know yet next week um which cult we're gonna be i couldn't find any information on it i couldn't at all either yeah so i think they're they're holding that until next week uh if we miss something though please if you guys know let us know again uh, leave us a comment uh, down in the youtube section or in this uh uh, iTunes comment section. It was great discussing this. Yes. It was, I learned a lot. I, I think too. it was really great. Um, so again, thank you guys so much for tuning in. We will be back next week with uh, more breakdowns of these cults and extreme beliefs. We'll have more news, more special segments and all that jazz. In the meantime, please keep the conversation going. Again, on our YouTube, on our iTunes, but you can also head uh, on over to Instagram if you want to Hit me up. I am at Bonjour Juliet. How about you guys? Where can they find you? Hey, I'm Mina. You can find me on Instagram at Mina Makes Magic. And you can also catch me on the Genius Picasso After Show every Tuesday at 7 p.m. You guys can find me on Twitter at Alphabet underscore and on um, Instagram at Taylor underscore Gates underscore. I also host the 100 After Show every Tuesday at 10 p.m. And the Law and Order SVU After Show every Thursday at 8 Hi. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz, see you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.